Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 212, and I spoke with Aaliyah Rose. Aaliyah is a certified sex, love, and relationship counselor, dominatrix, plant medicine practitioner. This conversation is really intriguing. I learned a lot. Uh, it was very open. She, clearly, she's sex positive. Uh, we had a lot of conversation around sexuality and uh, body positivity and sex positivity. And uh, the, the conversation goes in and out of the plant medicine. So it's uh, we start with the sex conversation and and intimacy conversation because those are two separate things, of course. And then we move into plant medicine and then we go back into talking about how she facilitates her work. I want to use my voice to say uh, I stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement and my social media is uh, lots of information there, resources, books, uh, organizations and, and such. Please check that out and um, donate to the NAACP.org, ACLU.org, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, um, lots of great places for resources, resources for humanity. I've been thinking a lot about everything going on, and uh, certainly there are people who, when you say Black Lives Matter, say All Lives Matter. And there is no... There's no question all lives matter. Of course, all lives matter. But that's not what this is about. And uh, it's a much deeper issue. I think we've all seen now the videos going on all across the country of uh, brutality. That's That needs to stop. The thing is, is it's gone on long before this week, and it hasn't always been televised. So... Okay, uh, usual stuff. Social media, Hey Human Podcast is on Instagram and Facebook. Susan Ruthism is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find me at susanruth.com. You can find me at heyhumanpodcast.com, where you'll also find the links page. And on there, you will get a ton of resources for every episode. Uh, this episode is no different. There are a lot of resources. Aaliyah sent me a ton of books and information, so definitely check that out. If you hear something in this episode that sparks your intrigue and interest, I encourage your curiosity to dive in. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please stay safe. Please love thy neighbor and treat people the way you want to be treated. It seems like a big world, but it's not. It's a small world after all. And uh, we're all doing the best we can, but we can also do better. I love you. Here we go. Aaliyah Rose, welcome to Hey Human. Thank you so much, Susan. Now, officially your title, Aaliyah Rose, Sexy Mystic. Yes. Yes. That's right. What does that mean to be a sexy mystic? Well, it means a woman, for me, as a mystic, it's someone who develops their own 
sense of understanding the universe and spirituality through experience. And so rather than sticking to one particular dogma or philosophy, the mystic is someone who believes that everything is connected and, you know, sees the world through their own set of eyes. And for me, the the sexy mystic, uh, well, I dabble in the sacred sexual and spiritual realms. And for me, the way to be the bridge for people is to say that I am a mystic. I'm someone who goes out and through my own experiences, draw in a sense of wisdom within myself, sharing those messages while also encouraging people to discover their own truth for themselves rather than relying on a particular dogma or philosophy that uh, I believe that there's a way for us to discover our own um, divine truth and wisdom within ourselves. And that's one of the roles of the mystics are the ones that, um, again, don't subscribe to anything in particular, but rely on what's going on in their own experience within themselves. And why I chose sexy uh, is because I think that life is so juicy and there's just so much aliveness in it. And through my own uh, explorations into plant medicine and also in the sacred temple arts, uh, I really have learned just how beautiful and expansive it can be when we tap into our uh, our arrows, our sacred fire, our sexual energy, and really have that come alive and be radiant in, in life. Do you do work with both men and women or primarily women? I do work with men and women, and it's been such a unique journey. I started a couple of years ago on a path to become a sex, love, and relationship coach, which I am. I am certified in that, and and that was for me to even heal my own kind of wounds and move through my my shadows and triggers and all of that so it was started out as my own healing journey and in that process it has opened up I mean it guided me onto the path of uh, plant medicine it guided me into exploring uh, you know along that way I was then guided to learn about the dominatrix and feminine dominance and then in that it led me to studying yoni and lingam work and massage and in healing arts and through that it led me into the next thing of like expanding in my um you know sexuality and and also in shamanism which i'm super super passionate about and uh through all of those paths it's actually helped me lead me back to myself to my body um to my own body's consciousness and intelligence and really helping me um find my inner guidance and after being a mystic and traveling around for so much of my life seeking and trying to get all the outside wisdom and information that to finally through these paths come home to myself and know what is my deepest truth and what comes alive and then for me to be able to share that with others and encourage them to to find the truth within them and come home to themselves it's been such a beautiful gift um because I've searched my whole life for the partner that I'm meant to be with. And I found that it's me, you know, that it's like the biggest, greatest love that I wanted so much. And to find out that it's my body that's been with me all along through this path and journey. And so that's kind of my messaging is, is deepening that relationship and then encouraging others that, you know, we can all come home to ourselves where our true, true love and our truth is of who we are and why we're here. It's very powerful statement to coming back to oneself and knowing it's it's the moment when Dorothy finds out that it was she had the power all along right right 
Yeah, and she needed to go on that journey, you know, and that's, I'm a huge proponent of the hero's journey. I love that so much, and uh, and I encourage people to do that, and it. I think it's through, for me personally, it was, you know, taking the, the act of bravery. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the hero's journey, but, you know, oh, there's yes. the call to adventure, sure, yeah. and then there's the refusal to the call, and then there's the thing that happens that, you know, propels the the hero to go on their journey. And for me, it was the um, unexpected loss, um, death of my little brother. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, uh, it just, it totally um, upheaved my life because I was like, what am I doing in corporate America? What am I doing all of this for when I know I've been called to do deeper work? And, um, but being so afraid of what that was and, and what my desires are and, and how, by following the little desires and leaning into my fears, it opened up, you know, so many doors. So I can promise you two years ago, it was not my intention to, to learn to be a dominatrix, a shaman, a priestess, uh, a temple healer, you know, none of those things were on the, on the horizon for me yet. When I look back, I Mm -hmm. see the the breadcrumbs that had guided me to that path. Mm -hmm. I want to dig into all of what you just said. I'm going to, but before we go further, because some people listening may not know what some of these terms are, I I just want to cover yoni and lingam before we, before we move on. So let's cover what that is. Okay. Yeah. So those are um, Sanskrit terms. So yoni means sacred temple, which is referred to our wombs, our, our pussies, um, for men, uh, the lingam means wand of light, and that refers to their cock or penis. And um, and it, we as women, we store so much. Well, actually, men and women, you know, we have so much of our identity and our happiness show up in this world is really very closely related to our relationship with those parts of ourselves. And for women in their wombs, they they hold on to traumas and not just theirs, but um, other generations and ancestral and uh, so for women if they're like why am I blocked in my life why am I not receiving the the happiness and joy or why am I why is my body shutting down when I want to have intimacy and for me that was one of the big that was a big flag for me about the, this healing journey was I my partner at the time would notice I would check out when we were having sex that would dissociate and he's like, you know, where did you go? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. And he's like, well, well, you left. Like, you're not, you know, present. Like, what, what happened? And I said, you know, I, I've been told by healers I had some kind of sexual trauma when I was little. I don't remember it. I have no memory. And But my body remembers. And he's like, well, get over it. Like, that was his, his thing. And um, for him, he had also actually been molested as a child and remembered it and didn't get the help for it didn't have support and so he's been carrying that that pain you know for all of that time and so that that was what spurred me to to find healing and and womb work and studying ken uh kimonami and leila martin and then it led me to all these other beautiful healers and um and my own personal journey to to heal within myself so so i understand that there's women that hold on to these things and they don't even know it but if they look at their lives and they see that they're not vibrant, that they're finding themselves to be stressed and frustrated and overworked and dry and feeling like they're dying inside, chances are that there's um, pieces of them they're not connecting to inside their wombs. 
Uh, and then for men, so many men have, um, you know, performance challenges and the lingam work that I do, uh, I'm a very intuitive person. So, um, whether it's body work or people's sexual organs, uh, my hands just go where they need to go and do the, what they need to do. And it's almost like my hands are telepathically communicating with that person's body to say like, go here, I need this help here. And my hands go and do that. So, um, so it's been so beautiful to be in such vulnerable places for people where they're coming with their deepest wounds and, and fears, and the things that hold them back in having a truly vibrant and alive life. And uh, one that is radiant and that is expansive and it bring, is so juicy because that is totally possible. And to bring that um, kind of support to them for their bodies to do their own healing, they can't do it alone. They, they do, you know, we all need each other. So that's why I feel super honored. And I just find it so ironic that the things that are the biggest taboos in life right now are actually the things that lead us to our greatest transformation and healing. So there's a part of me that wants to call bullshit on that, uncensor myself, come out and be like, this is what I do. And this is who I am. And this is my face. And this is my name. Because I'm like, I want to take a stand for people and claiming their their sovereignty and their sexual vibrance and, um, and liberation. Well, it is an interesting question because you, it, it is in a, in a way a form, a form of performance, right? To have like, like a stage name or a, or a name that goes with, for example, like a dominatrix. Generally yeah. they operate with their stage name or their performance name. And it is yeah. that interesting um, duality of being so empowered and being in a position of power and not being there's a disassociation of that right of not being who you were born into but then there's the argument of for example I think my parents got my name wrong I don't think I, I when people say my name it doesn't sound like my name to me somewhere in my yeah. brain I, I say well I know that's what you call me which I think it's like the British say oh I'm called blah whereas in america we say my name is blah and uh i find that really intriguing because yes i am called susan but i don't know if that's my name it's interesting right it is and we're in a place now i believe in the society where so much as we can claim for ourselves and our sovereignty and and what does that look like and uh you know one of the the helpful things about it age name is that it can become if you think of yourself as an actor like a character actor it's something you can truly embody and really step into and it's kind of like the the fears and inhibitions and the insecurities that you have as you know normal identity you know you're able to step out of and step into your empowered self the one that that leans into the superpowers that leans into the things they stand for and isn't being held back by, you know, the societal censorship, which is something that I'm really, really waking up to. And, and I recognize that when I play, um, you know, shaman is such a, a heavy word. Uh, originally it was men women today has kind of a different interpretation. I'm so sorry, originally it was, say it again. Uh, it meant medicine woman thousands of years ago the shamans were originally women and where it is today is um, a different largely different connotation and so 
but these medicine women were ones that could walk between the worlds, that could communicate, that could bring in the healings and, and work in multi dimensions. And, and I'm finding that being in that space and also with um, sexuality, um, that that's, um, that's where like is just the, the, the most potent power and healing available is combining those two. And, and I'm learning that for myself and then for the people that I, um, collaborate with and then the people that that I, I work with you said something a minute ago that I'm sure people's ears went up as if they were <laughs> as if they were puppy dogs they went you know but uh, you said you let your hands go wherever they go to on your clients so yeah. when people come to you and they are let's just say shut down for lack of a better word or they're not in touch with their uh, sexuality or in their bodies. I, the same as you, I believe that uh, trauma is uh, can be passed on generally generationally in your DNA. Um, and I, I do think that in some cases people look to their body as the enemy. Yes. In, in, in a lot of ways. So how do you? approach that when somebody is in that mindset but yet they want to be healed so they show up that's got to be really tricky work if you're touching if you're physical with them if you're touching them yeah i imagine it gets very intimate and vulnerable that how do you provide for that space thank you that's such a beautiful question you know one of the biggest things is having the conversation beforehand and understanding what their boundaries are you know, letting them know that there's some things that could come up. What do they feel comfortable with? Are there any areas that they'd rather not touch? If I am given a signal, um, would they like me to let them know um, and come to that point and see where they're at at the time? Um, it's very, very, very much about creating a safe space for them. And that's one of the biggest things that I learned um, as a dominatrix is that we as dominatrixes, we create a safe space for people to come and explore all aspects of themselves without judgment. That's what one of my greatest teachers taught me. And, you know, so there's there's people who are so curious or they have these um, inclinations or pro proclivities or fantasies and they're so terrified to share with their partners for fear of rejection, for fear of judgment and, um, you know, and abandonment. And so there's a lot of people that are really kind of suffering because they want to see what these parts of themselves are being called forth. And so that's one of the things I love most about um, my time training and studying with the dominatrices and, and in my own experiences and bringing it into temple spaces, which has been so sacred, is that people that have had or have had fears about what it's like to receive sensation in a way that's conscious in a way that is energy work in a way that is healing um those are the things that really light me up are the people that are like i know that there's something more here and getting people back into their bodies you know getting them back into feeling again and letting them know that it's okay and creating this space where they can step into different roles where it's not going to be who they are and they get to try on for a little while what it's like to play in this place and in this role. And so that 
um, that really inform me and in creating the the conversation about what are their boundaries, what are their limits, what are their curiosities, what do we want to feel when we play, what is the um, you know what are those things that we want to try on, and so being in that space and creating that has been so powerful and to introduce couples to ways to connect intimately and new ways and guiding them in that and what is it like to surrender what is it like to try these different places so um and I bring that into all of my work so you know sitting it's so much about the vulnerability so there and I'm super vulnerable too because I'm showing up and sharing you know so much of my heart and my gifts and what I have to offer I pour everything I have into the experience with with the person who comes to me that I feel called to serve. I love the word surrender. And I think it has been so misinterpreted. One thinks of the word surrender as, as being a place of weakness. And uh, as I grow older, I realize, oh, no, it, the surrender, it was it was a gift surrender Dorothy to who you are and to your power you had it all along surrender actually that was one of the key things that that really intrigued me about um exploring BDSM was being told that it's the person that's getting tied up that has the ultimate power because they are the ones that have to surrender and I, and my jaw dropped and I'm like how can that be possible how can it be the person that's receiving being the one in surrender and in the power position I, I don't understand that and um and over the course of the last couple of years and and also stepping into more of the divine feminine her greatest gift is her surrender that is the divine feminine that is the greatest gift and her greatest superpower is her longing and her longing lives in her womb. So again, it's like, this is where women manifest is in their longing. And so like I have been doing such a deep exploration into myself, into these different portals within me, these doorways that connect us as women, um, you know, women, uh, female bodies, you know, to the cosmic womb, to the mother womb, to the universal. And we, that is where we manifest and so um so i'm that's my exploration right now and i'm so i mean i i know i'm a powerful manifester but one of my friends said you know have you noticed how when you try to do the masculine way of manifesting which is you know say what you want have the vision da 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 she's like have you noticed how you get it but it's not quite right like it's just like a little off it's like you know it's like the the painting but it's a it's tilted, you know, kind of thing, or it's almost close. And she said, but you know, when I, when I'm in my feminine, which is receptivity, which is surrender, which is being in the longing. And she said, and I tap, I really feel in my body how I want to feel when I receive this thing I desire. Then it's the magnetic frequency, the resonance of that, that attracts that what she desires. And so she lets go of what it needs to look at and focuses on what it feels in her body. And it is in that feeling attraction that brings things to her. Uh, every time she's come from that place of being her feeling, she what has come into her life, what she's manifested, has been even more amazing than what she had 
you know, even envisioned. So yeah, and I and I think it's important to note too that one doesn't have to have a womb in order to manifest sure. that longing and that that bringing in. Um, of course, the idea of of a receptacle of bringing something to oneself and imbibing it and 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 all that. Genders start getting tricky, but it's not really about gender. It's it's about an energy, a feeling, which sounds very hippy dippy, I'm sure, but it it's not meant to. It's I, I think the another bummer for me, at least, when I look out into the world, is that there we are told from such a young age, you know, that you this goes here and this goes here, and that's that's male, that's female. And, and people, we are uh, a mosaic. The things that we do, you know, like when we're strong and tough, you know, you're, you're being ballsy, you know, testicles, okay, fine. Or when you're being, you know, when you're being quiet and, and sensitive, you know, oh, you're being such a girl, like it's an insult or something. But, you know, and it's, and it's interesting to me because it's like, no, I, I get to be all those things. I get to be male and female. And it doesn't mean anything about who I want to fuck. It doesn't mean anything about anything. It's just, we are all these things. And how, it's such a shame to me that shame is another great thing to dig into, of course, is that, you know... It's okay to be all the things we have. We need that little kid running around. You know, they they don't they don't go. Oh, I can't play with that doll because I have a penis. You know, they don't do that. They don't see color. They don't see gender. They don't see. You know, they ask great questions like, "What's that? What's that? What's that?" When they see something they don't recognize, but they don't conceptualize it as opposite of them per se. You know. Yeah, and I appreciate you um, clarifying that. I certainly don't want to try to limit anything to anyone in the audience. There's, um, of course, we all embody the feminine and masculine energetic, and the the and there's unhealthy masculine traits and wounded masculine. There's unhealthy wounded feminine traits, and then there's the empowered, sacred versions of them as well. And you know, for instance, for me, I am I have a tendency to be controlling, and I found out that that is a wounded masculine characteristic. And I was so shocked by that. I thought for sure that was a feminine thing to be so, um, you know, in my mind, how I interpreted it is that's a feminine, a wounded feminine quality, but it was actually wounded masculine. And so for me to, um, to understand, you know, what's, um, you know, manipulative and controlling and, and grasping and, and being super, super needy. And then also what is the, the healthier version of, of, of being empowered to state what are my true healthy needs and, um, you know, holding presence. Presence is a really, really important masculine energetic type and, and consciousness. And so, yes, we definitely are a combination of all those things. And I think that for we as women, I will speak for myself as a woman, I tend to look outside myself for my fulfillment and man- my manifestation for others to bring me validation to tell me that I'm special and beautiful and unique and like all these things and and so what I'm trying to I guess identify with of course men can tap into their energetic womb they can of course connect to their mother womb of course they can and women we are born with wombs and we can tap into these things that are our attractor beams for calling in what we desire so that's that was only my my intention to share is that 
you know, that's, um, we have the power within ourselves to generate and attract and bring in what we want without having to take charge and, and really um, strive for it. And we've been taught, I've been taught growing up in corporate America, you know, go for you what you want or work super hard and strive, 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 and you'll be rewarded for staying up till 2 a.m. in the morning answering emails and you'll gain respect from people and, and, you know, not taking good care of your body, like, because you're burning yourself out. And, and I chose that chose that because I wanted to be seen as respected and I wanted prestige and I wanted status and I wanted, you know, I wanted to be seen. So, so I own those pieces of me that I did. And so shifting away from that into dropping into a place of, um, of play, of dance, of femininity, of creativity, of these places of me that have been so shut down and to see how much I've come alive from that of the joy and the radiance that's in there, of the incredible men and women that I've attracted into my life by being that frequency and that resonance, um, that's not a coincidence to me. And so there is so much power and potency in playing with both masculine and feminine energy and then having partners that are the polar opposite the greater the polarity, the more there is to, to play and, and enjoy. And that's been my personal experience. Where did you grow up? I grew up in New England. <laughs> I grew up in, um, in New Hampshire. Yeah, a little small town. And I was the oldest of a few of us kids. And uh, yeah, it was um, a different childhood. Uh, the, how I remember it may be different from what other people would tell me but I remember it as uh you know being told what to do how to what to think not how to think but what to think what to say how to dress how to be um uh you know how to there was a very perfectionist um ideology and uh religion no religion uh catholic Catholic. (laughs) yeah so I I grew up with that and but as a you know a young like a uh, preteen and then into my teenage years, I was really interested by tarot and the esoteric and um, palm reading and you know things like that. And um, and I, I remember there, I remember really feeling like I shouldn't need a mediator to talk to God. Um, and then, that, sister. Yeah, you know, I, I why don't I have a direct access and um, and through some yeah, there's just some experiences that I had nothing too terrible with the church, but enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm not going to go for a while. Um, and I still, you know, I I do love walking into a church. I do feel the 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 resonance in it. Um, you know, when it feels good for me. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up Catholic being the good girl, being the oldest, um, and really cutting off pieces of me, uh, to be, to look better than, to look good, uh, you know, and be a people pleaser. And so there were a lot of, um, elements of me that I I didn't tap into my, my exploration, my creativity, my desire to, to be seen, like, you know, all of these things that are now coming out the last um, few years. I've given myself permission and, and reclaiming and integrating these lost pieces of myself um, that has been such a, such so much work 
um, to to see and love, you know, those shadow pieces and and to recognize them and, and bring them home to me and say, you're welcome here. And um, it's been such a, a journey of um, and love, and it's that's a, a lifelong process. Mm. Did you start digging into the dominatrix idea first, or was there other things that led up to that? Uh, so the plant medicine path, um, so really the, the sexual healing path began, um, and plant medicine and then sexual healing path. And then, uh, I decided I wanted to learn to be a shaman to, to be able to carry plant medicine for, um, San Pedro, which is cactus. And it's such an amazing, um, plant. I love it so much. And while I was doing that, I was coming to California for a quick trip and I was going to go back to Ecuador to keep studying um, and life changed. And I got plopped down in, um, in LA and it was during that time that I was, you know, uh, exposed to little bits and pieces because I so much wanted to work with men in um, vulnerable spaces and places um, that that's what, you know, kind of guided me uh, to pursue the dominatrix path. And, and that was a really, that took months from, I danced around that thing for months and months and months because it was, you know, it's taboo. Um, it's considered illegal. You know, there's like all these, all these things about it, social conditioning and, and everything. And, uh, and that path, me agreeing to step onto it, I felt in the darkest, like I felt it was such a dark path for myself to walk and so many angels came, so many angels arrived in that place and people who held me and supported me and trained me and taught me and hosted me and brought me into their homes and in their lives. And, and then the immense exploration and the realms that it opened, the liberation in it um, and the experiences, um, it's one of the greatest gifts and it, that path helped me fulfill so many of my desires including one of my deepest ones, which was to live in Paris, which I've had since I was 10. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, which I've had since I was 10. And to be able to fulfill that dream and be there um, and explore the sexual positive community there. And it opened up so many doors for me that I could not have had otherwise. Um, I came to Paris with like one, two names. That's it. And within a couple of weeks, I knew dozens of people and I made so many connections. And a lot of that has become been because of the, the sexuality communities and um, such a gift, such a gift. And I'm so blessed and honored for that. Uh, and now coming back around into shamanism, I attended a, in a really amazing retreat with a, um, a group called ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts which completely transformed, completely transformed my life. I am eternally grateful for that experience. Um, and so now I'm in a space of combining all these gifts together uh, and being willing to bring the, the taboo and, and having to walk with such a line of integrity and congruence and a true um, heart's desire to, to serve and help others um, to go to places that most people aren't willing to go. Um, and 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 guide them because I've I've gone there myself. I'd like to break down these things. Let's start with the plant medicine. Uh, 
go into that a bit because I think that's something that people don't really know. They know it on the in the sense that they go to Whole Foods and they buy, you know, essential oils or or sure. foods that are good for them, things like that. Um, which I think that's a form of plant medicine is eating healthy, vibrant foods, uh, plants, mm, yes, vegetables. Yeah. Uh, what is it for you? What and what brought you into that? Because there, I always think that the things that we are drawn to, there, there are these aha moments. The light turns on, and then you go down that road. So, what was that for you? Yeah. So, plant medicine to me, uh, most people are familiar, I'm sure, by this point with cannabis, you know, and the the healing powers and properties of that. Um, and Gaia Earth naturally has certain ingredients of this Earth that are there to met meant to help people to connect to themselves, to their consciousness, to God themselves, or divinity, source, whatever they choose to believe in, the collective energetic I, I channel energies and consciousness. And, um, and plant medicine helps really expand that quite a bit for me. Um, it's interesting growing up being a very straight edge person because I really wanted to be a good role model and so for me to have you know shed that skin and dove into where I felt called to be so plant medicine there's um, mushrooms uh, you know the magic mushrooms they have psychedelic properties in them and and those have been um, revered for thousands of years you know if you ever want to look up what actually Santa Claus is it's you know it goes back into pagan times uh, with the medicine women who would bring the the psychedelic mushrooms during uh, rituals and things like that uh, San Pedro is a cactus uh, same thing with um, you know ayahuasca the, these are all natural occurring things in this world that help us connect to to so much more beyond what our five senses and, and our intuition can access. Um, and for me, uh, you know, there's the party, there's the partiers, you know, they just want to get high and trip and, you know, whatever. I believe that the plant medicine will bring you as much respect and honor and wisdom as you're willing to bring to it. And uh, so that has been a big piece for me. And uh, I love San Pedro. San Pedro, for me, I consider it nature's joy. It is a very gentle and profound um, uh, effect, insights that I had on it. Is it, um, is it a psychedelic? Yeah, it has uh, hallucinogenic properties in, in the plant itself. And you you know, cut the pieces of the cactus a certain way and, and boil it down and it becomes a, a brew. Uh, and it's in those states that you can, you know, access things. And, and I was able to do, for me, uh, I remember the first two journeys I went on with San Pedro and everything felt so alive. I was like on the verge of an orgasm for hours. And everything I looked around was, was just sexual and such the most alive and beautiful and sacred and yes way that like nothing in this world exists without sex. The plants and the flowers and you know, all of the things and animals, everything exists because of that. Um, and so to have such an awakening from that rather than the Judeo-Christian view of sexuality and, and everything was a real eye-opening and then to feel it in my body the power of it was so profound and, and shifted so much of my life 
being that that doorway. You know, these are these plant medicines act as doorways of ac- of accessing other realms within ourselves, and and I highly, highly, highly recommend being with people who who that is their mission that is what they believe in so much that they'll guide people that they know how to hold people as they go through their different journeys because so much of it is about setting up the container and and that that if i can drive home to anybody with any of this work that i'm sharing tonight so much of it is about the container that you set with who you're with and making sure they feel that they're safe that they're held that they can let go that they can surrender they can they can surrender to the medicine that they can surrender to the healing work that they can surrender to the the touch that they can surrender to um their own erotic fire and energy it's that the ability to surrender that allows them to have the greatest transformations have you done ayahuasca yes uh, how is that experience for you oh she is a powerful <laughs> powerful medicine uh grandmother uh, she has been one of my greatest teachers and one of the hardest ones for me to surrender to because I know just how powerful she is. Um, and, uh, I had a really, really very profound, uh, journey with her at the end of January that really shifted a lot of my, my energetic, I carry some judgment, I'll admit about, um, male shaman. And uh, and I think they're beautiful. I, I have no nothing. I, I mean, I do have judgment, and I love them, so I can hold both of those um, in my hand. That uh, there seems, and to me, my experience has been that there's this emphasis over um, the power of the male shaman, and yet again, the shaman originally were the women because they were so connected through their intuition and through their gifts to the other realms, and. Uh, you know, I was like, where are the, where are the female shaman? Where, where are we? You know, why, and why are we doing things the, the masculine way in this certain way? And so how I've discovered on my own path of stepping into facilitator and guide, I guess I'd say guide in these journeys has been so feminine and so amazing and so much fun. The transformation doesn't have to be hard and gut-wrenching and dark that we can go to these different profound places um with with fun and sexiness and joy and play and it can be light and still be super super profound and that has been um just one of the biggest joys for me where i really really feel the most alive is being in that place and then leading people and them having profound profound experiences um they don't have them shut down into trauma. Mm-hmm. How does one go to dominatrix school? And also, I did not realize it was illegal. So, yeah, so it's it's considered sex work, oh. and but even, it's not always sexual. It, I know, hmm. I I know, and that's been one of the biggest challenges for me is that I'm like, well, I'm not having sex with my clients. You know, that's not what the dominatrix does. Um, typically, professional dominatrices uh, are professional dominatrices who offer trainings, you know, one-on-one mentorships. There are some different schools. Um, I went to a Forte Femme intensive by this amazing educator named Midori. 
um, based in San Francisco. She is absolutely fantastic. I love, 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 love her. Um, I've been to several of her classes um, in LA and then I attended her intensive weekend. And the thing about a dominatrix era of feminine dominant is a woman who knows what she desires and what she wants and what pleases her and is willing to say it and own it. That's really what it comes down to. I know what I desire. I know what pleases me. And I'm going to stand in that. And it, it's not, powerful. I don't find it's it so to, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't find it to be power over somebody. I mean, there are those dynamics, but I find that the feminine dominant is this empowered woman. I mean, you look at Wonder Woman, you know, and that's a feminine dominant is a woman who stands for what she believes in knows what she wants in life shows up for that stands for others like that that is the feminine dominant and there's so many archetypes and examples of that in history and culture and literature and all of that stuff and so for a woman to embody her power her presence her desire her pleasure like fuck yeah you know like that is hot that is juicy that is alive and for women to be given permission i have permission to dress how i want because it fucking pleases me it's not about am i doing this for the guy to turn him on it's because it turns me on and it feels good for me so there's some again like coming back into ourselves like what would please me now well, so much of it, you know, for me, it's been self-exploration. And there's a lot of women who haven't even touched their pussy, their, their womb. They, they don't know what it feels like inside. And, and then they want men to have the magical solution. And then a lot of men will come with a formula like, okay, if I press here, twist here, lick this way in two circles, she's going to have this massive orgasm. It's going to be amazing. And what what we've forgotten is that we're not machines. I mean, you know, we have mechanics, but we're not machines. We're, we're individuals. And I remember I channeled um, the energy of Paris one time and she was like, you know, treat me like, like a lover, you know, like, like take the time to explore every part of the body. And like, what, what is it that turns this particular person on and, and take the time and, and be slow and, and explore it for yourself like what turns you on because again if men know what turn you on and they see you in your turn on that is hot mm. they want that and so i love working with women in that of of embodying their sensuality and their femininity and their sexuality and their power and, and being in that space because then they become radiant and vibrant and then they're tapping into what feels good for them rather than what they think their partner does. And so I, like an example is one of my friends, I was helping her clean out her closet and she's like, well, you know, my husband bought me this dress cause he likes that. I'm like, do you like it? Do you feel hot in it? And she's like, no, I'm like, thank, thank you. Okay. Goodbye. Like this, we're no longer about what is going to look good for somebody else is going to turn you on the guy doesn't care if you're turned on that's or you know i shouldn't i'm sorry i don't mean to be so heteronormative um the the partner whoever the partner is you know step into what um step into what feels amazing for you and really embody that um that is just that it's the radiance that really makes the magic my mom used to say as her mother told her she used to say to me 
that it doesn't matter if you are in the finest gown or your kick around sweatpants you can be sexier in the sweatpants than the finest gown depending on how you feel it's all about where you are with you and that always resonated with me and it's a hard for me it was a hard one battle to get back in my body yeah you know i was not in my body in my younger years and because of trauma and uh to 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 once you realign and once you become part of yourself again uh it's really it's quite a marked difference with everything yes yeah for sure is it harder for uh, this is probably a silly question because it's probably there's there's no way to really answer it but are men more um shut down when you have to do that work you know or how, how do you especially as a woman do, do men respond well to you and not put you in that sex worker category if you are dealing with such intimate detail mm. that's such a good question uh i think a big filter is in how i share my work and what it is that i do and what's been super beautiful is that there are many men who are very curious. Like, I actually enjoy, there's something called sacred spot um, massage, which is um, prostate massage. And um, and I'm, I'm so, I find that there really isn't anything more vulnerable for a man than to be penetrated um, in their anus, in my experience for uh, heterosexual men um, to go there. And... Um, in my trainings, my as a dominatrix, my most favorite sessions were the men who wanted femininity and you know put on lingerie and um, step into this role play of being a woman and then experience being penetrated because the feminine energy that exists in all of us, we desire to be penetrated we desire to surrender and so for me to be in that space as the the person to take them to that place and they trust me so much in that I find it such a huge gift and such an honor um there are men who go to a dominatrix to you know step into that place for instance um and they you know they want to experience kind of like the I don't want to say violent, but, you know, kind of like the, the harder, the more forceful kind of experience. Um, and for me, I want to honor and celebrate the feminine within them and to make it a really sacred, beautiful experience for her that's within them. So I've been very, very blessed that men have felt very comfortable talking to me for years. So they'll, they'll come up and they'll share things with me that they haven't shared with anybody. Um, and that was long, bef- long before this journey. Uh, there's an inherent trust um, that they f- that I find that they, they experience and feel with me because I bring such a presence and I, and I listen and I'm open to them. And then they feel like they can share um, in ways that they really haven't with other people in their life so i um so i consider that to be a a tremendous gift uh and i hold it with such honor um for the men that want to come and and play 
uh, in whatever realm that it is, if it's body work, if it's the, the dominatrix space, if it's plant medicine, uh, you know, or combinations of, of all of that. Um, the lingam work, I'm really, really loving. Uh, I'm committed that that men having a, um, a dedicated prolonged practice with me where we do several sessions together rather than just a one-off, like, you know, maybe going to a, and, and just getting massaged and that being it, but actually focusing on what are the blocks that are happening in their life? Where do they want to expand? Where do they really want to perform? Because so much of who they show up as in this world is connected to their manhood. And so for me to see, like, where is it that you want to go? What what kind of relationship do you want to bring into your life? What kind of performance do you want to have in your business and in your world? And how can we move through these blockages and places within you to release that, to move that, to give them back, bring them back into their manhood. Because there's another thing that, um, you know, I think so many men have seen, um, men and women, you know, with the, so I'm, I'm shifting to like the Me Too movement for a moment. I think that there are so many men that don't know how to show up now. And for good reason. You know, there's, I'm sure at some point, some way, and, you know, and I have to say that me as a woman, I can own my ownership and responsibility in times where I've let things go astray or I've, I've lured them or flirted, you know, whatever. Um, and, and then of course there's ones that are way off the spectrum, you know, kind of thing. And I believe that there are men that are cut off from their hearts down because they don't, they don't want to hurt anyone. They don't want to be, um, yeah, they don't want to hurt any, any, any woman. And they've seen what happens, uh, when men are, men around them are in their, in their rage and in their anger and in their violence. And so they've shut off these pieces of themselves and have focused only heart centered up, you know, um, love and light, love and light, you know, and, and that's important. It's so important for them. And, and we have another half of our body that's connected to the earth, that primal fire and that energetic. And so for me, one of my biggest desires is to be that safe space for men to tap into that deeper, like darker, quote unquote, but that earthy matter fire and help them ignite it again because we need our men. We need like the the men on fire and standing their ground and and being so with the earth and and in their erotic energy and being able to access their anger and use it as fuel as power rather than suppressing you know, it violence. is so dangerous yeah, yeah when, it's so yeah. dangerous yeah, i agree with you there for sure do you have uh, a slave uh not currently i had one that we we danced around what it could look like and what it could be um and it just didn't feel right I, I it didn't feel right for me uh the dominatrix started in temples for inanna thousands of years ago so she originally was in temple and serving the people who would come and so for me it's been this really um this winding path of, you know, spirituality, of, of sexuality, of having integrity and how, you know, how I, um, you know, serve men and how I allow men to serve me and in what place and um, space. So, 
No, I do not. You've had one. Have you had one in the past? Uh, I know that you said you had one that you were dancing around, but have you actually had an active uh, dom slave partnership yet? Uh, so if you're talking about a DS relationship, so a dominant submissive, um, that's different from a dominant slave. So I have not had um, a slave. A slave is someone who their needs do not exist. It is not about them. It does not matter what they want. They have no say. It, their life literally does not matter. It is only what the dominant wants. Um, the submissive, that's a much more symbiotic, you know, shared experience. Um, and I do have a, um, a wonderful submissive that I've done some gorgeous, powerful immersion weekends with that have transformed both of our lives tremendously, tremendously. Um, so I have a lot of gratitude and honor and appreciation for that. Not that you could speak for the submissive, but how, what is it that transforms for them on a general sense? Obviously you can't speak for another human being, but on a, in a general sense, what would you say yeah. is the work? Well, for him, you know, cause he does speak often about the impact it's had on him. It's so much of it has been about how he perceives his life. He knows how to take things in in stride and be able to uh, hold himself as a man in this world in a different way, in a more empowered way, where before he probably would have been set off and um, like a fuse. And because of our work that we've done together, he's been able to have a more measured, balanced, calm way of handling situations. And, and he's even said that, um, if COVID had happened a year ago before he met me, um, his outlook and how much stress he would have carried and how he would have shown up in the world would have been so much harder and more challenging for him. And because of the work we have done together and the coaching that I've done with him, he, he's been able to show up as such a beautiful, balanced man and, and leader for his family, for his um, company that he he's a part of, and and that's been a really beautiful um, shift. That it hasn't taken him so out of his head that he's been able to stay in his body, stay connected, stay in his heart. Um, you know, and these different practices and rituals that we did together. I'm a big ritualist. I love doing ritual, love doing ceremony, love getting people through transformational practices. And, and so much of what we did has really led him to um, just in all the relationships he have, has in his life and how he shows up in them. You said his family, is he married? Yes. So is that tricky? Is Or is there an acceptance? Um, do you have to, uh, not have to, but do you get um, the okay from the significant other or is it is this a separate deal how does that work or is it always different it's probably always different but <laughs> yeah it is different so there's some some clients who I remember when I was training there was a man who has been in the kink world for 25 years and his wife has no idea and the dominatrix that was training me, she felt so sad for him because there was this, such a, this piece of him that meant so much to him and he couldn't share it with his most intimate partner. Um, with my submissive, 
uh, he, uh, his, his wife is aware. Um, they, they had a very long standing um, relationship in that um, realm. And then some things shifted. And so, yes, it's, she's aware. Um, it's understood. And, uh, you know, and he and I have a really lovely um, friendship that actually has meant a tremendous amount to me. Um, and so I think that's one of the gifts, too, is that it's not a one way street. You know, it's not just, um, you know, what I provide him, but how much he's provided for me um, in terms of my own growth and, um, and emotional support. It's, it's really it has been such a gift. Does your family know what you do? They sure don't. <laughs> Not yet. I, I divulged it to my most open-minded uh, uncle and aunt. Um, and uh, and that's part of the falling away, too, of, of owning the power of what I do, owning the power of my um, of my love for the these different kinds of work. Uh, and you know, this, again, like, I'm, I'm in these taboo realms that provide so much transformation. And my, my greatest hope is that I'll find the language to be the bridge in that for them to understand something enough to know that, that what, what she's doing is, is beautiful, is transformational, is profound for people, it is impactful, that it actually changes lives in a deeper way. Um, that is my my hope and desire and and it's taken me being on this journey on my own and very much in in hiding to build strength in it my own conviction and confidence and belief in the work that I do mm-hmm. uh, but I, I do desire to like be that role model for <laughs> for the younger siblings and you know for the for my you know nieces and nephews and you know my cousins and for them to know that you know follow lean into the things that that you desire and even if they scare you you know go for it um the when i mentioned the breadcrumbs thing um when i was in college my three favorite classes were um sociology deviance I love that class in college. I'm so good. <laughs> so good. Um, the second one was anthropology, goddess, and the third was acting. And in the acting class, I did a monologue of a prostitute, and that's not the realm. That's not the the work that I do. But it's just it's really really ironic to see the foreshadowing that I didn't know of what could possibly be to come but those those things that really lit me up and that I enjoyed so much and and now that's you know what I that what I play in that's that's the magic I play in now do you have a primary partner oh um not currently I am dating a beautiful man uh who's done a lot of conscious work and it's been such a fantastic exploration I'm so grateful for the experience. Uh, we met at a uh, Yoni and Lingam workshop, actually. So it was such a sacred night to, to meet and um, and for me to experience this like huge sexual fire that I hadn't felt in years and years and years. And for, for that kind of um, attraction and, and alchemy to be there and then to see like how can we dance in this and what can we um, co-create and um, there's been a part of me that you know I walked in being like 
I haven't been in a, in a true partnership for two years. I am so ready. And he's like, I just got six years of relationships. I'm ready to be single. And so there is this place of like, okay, here we are very um, much in our desires. And, and how can we dance in that knowing that, you know, where can we meet and, and recognizing where we don't. And so that's been a huge um God, such a such a gift and such a practice um, of love of what is it to show up in, in love and what he's provided me has been to open up so many doors of my femininity um, that's been so luscious and fun and juicy and exquisite uh, so he's you know someone I desire to practice Tantra with and you know experience you know connecting to the divine through sacred sexuality and, and conscious connection um so but yeah no uh, technically i am i am not in a primary partner <laughs> relationship and i think we're moving away from that i think that there are there's the potential we're in this day and age where we can create whatever kind of relationships we want with others and and i'm finding that i have really beautiful men that fill very specific roles in my life that i just think might be too much for one man to hold um and, Again, uh, the mosaic yeah. and, and the expectation that any one person can be all the things that another person needs is to yeah. learn how to meet people where they are and either be okay with that or not okay with it is, I think that's a huge thing to learn in, in life, in sexuality, in relationship with platonic and um, sexual partner, you know? Yeah, this has been, um, especially during this this pause in life, mm-hmm. it has been such a an opportunity for, for me and for my housemates to really grow and expand um, and and have all the, the pieces come up and the challenges and, and have, and this time, you know, having tools and support and, and ways to, to move through these things. And um, it's been you know, I'm so blessed to have had such a magical, magical experience. Uh, it's awakened a lot of my gifts. And so for me, I'm, I'm very grateful for this time. We did, we talked about the yoni. And you said that you help uh, people release that energy. What would be, could you take me through what that process looks like? Because in my mind, I, th- I, I, I have heard of other yoni practitioners using digital massage and, and things like that to release grief or trauma and or even just uh, someone who might not even be in touch with that part of their body. I mean, I know adult women and men who have never even masturbated. So um, get, go into that a bit because I think people would be interested in that. Yeah, so there's, um, I love that question. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, there's different levels of connection to our yonis. And uh, what I'm learning and understanding is that, you know, we carry so much from our ancestral lines growing up, sexual abuse, traumas, emotional triggers, pain, like all that stored. And so the work that I have done that I've been learning and, and also um, intuiting, so like it's like kind of an innate sense in me is, um, incorporating, uh, you know, body work massage, um, around the womb area, the belly on the outside, um, full body, and then moving in as it rela- as the body relaxes, the yoni relaxes, moving toward, um, you know, the outside of the yoni and, 
you know, massaging the tissues and doing that each step with consent and permission every step of the way. So nothing is done without the woman's explicit um, consent. And it's easing her her system into a state of, um, of opening. And then um, through the pelvic massage that I was trained in, um, you know, having, uh, you know, waiting at the entrance for the invitation from her body for me to um, come inside digitally with a finger. And then there's just, there's different techniques that's about adding some, some pressure to places that are feeling tight so that it can be felt and released. And so for women that are having a hard time orgasming, they're having pain during sex, they're having pain during menstruation, that, you know, basically anything that's, that's stopping them from feeling pleasurable um, because they're stuck in pain and, and traumas in their systems is utilizing um, light or varying degrees of pressure and going around different parts. There's um, yoni mapping. So there's a way to map out different points of the body where there's having, um, you know, either a sharp um, sensation or um, a or an emotion coming up or a story that's something that they're remembering that's arising to the surface. So it's about going in and, and one of the processes is called de-armoring. So it's helping the yoni to to relax and release through um, pressure and allowing the body to feel the sensation for it to be released. So the body like, is holding on to all these pains and is waiting for us to come and pay attention give it some breath, give it some consciousness, bring some awareness to the piece so that it can be felt, expressed, released, and let go. It's interesting that if we pull a muscle in our back, we've scheduled an appointment for a massage therapist, but the idea that if we're not finding pleasure or even being in touch with our nether regions, that it, it comes with all this baggage. Yeah. And... I imagine for my listeners that, for some of my listeners, I imagine that they're conceptualizing what that is and sticking it with a label like, oh, if I let a woman go to that place, does that make me a lesbian? Mm. Which, do you, do you find that people get hung up on on what it is versus what it is? <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? What they bring yeah. to the what it is versus what you bring to the what it is. Because we all bring our own yeah. paradigm. Sure. You know, I have to say I've been very blessed that, that both men and women feel very safe with me. They'll share a lot of vulnerabilities in themselves. And that's been in every space that I've been in. And it, I consider it such an honor and a privilege that people are sharing secrets with me that they wouldn't have told anyone in their life or you know, sharing their their fantasies and you know the dominatrix space that they haven't shared with anybody, and you know they have that place to explore. And with women, um, there's there's this sanctity and safety about being with other women. It's like you understand what I feel, you understand my pain, you understand what it's like that um, that a, a man isn't able to pleasure me the way I like, or I can't pleasure myself, or I'm feeling really stuck, and um, so. I know that I was very shut down around women and it took my own, my own, it took two years for me to go from not willing to get naked in front of women to like now being in a really sacred space with them where they're trusting me to, to help them heal. And the thing is, is that I think what's different with, with my experience with women is that um, I, 
I bring a, a tremendous amount of presence and patience and gentleness to it. So they know that this isn't like a bam, bam, let's, let's get this on. Let's get this over with. Like they know that like I'm, I'm committed to them and their healing because I know what's waiting for them on the other side of their pain. And, you know, pain and pleasure are actually oftentimes the same sensation. It's just the story that's attached to it or the, or breath. I was told that really it's just, it's a breath that's this between the difference, but it takes time for us to rewrite that what feels painful is actually pleasurable and, and also releasing the stuck places within us. So, um, I actually find a lot of women that would never consider doing anything. And they're like, you know, I, I would do that with you. Like, you know, would you be open to um, helping me? Uh, and I find that a tremendous um, gift on an honor. Did you have this work done on yourself as well? Yes. And so that yeah. I, I'm curious to know what your experience with it, whatever you're willing to share. I don't want to sure. pry into personal stuff, but if you know, but anything you're willing to share, uh, because when you're helping others, all you have is your perspective of what you're seeing that way. But as the the receiver, how was yep. that experience? Yes. So the actually the woman, who, the dominatrix who trained me, had also learned to become a yoni healer um, a yoni massage healer and so she had done some training over um, in India or Bali I think um, and so I, I had the opportunity to experience one of her sessions um, during the time that I trained with her and it was a really really profound um, experience it was my first time actually having a woman there and and it's not uh, although it's a you know you're dealing with sexual organs and things it's not a sexual act it's a very sacred ritual ceremony where um she's saying that like whatever comes to you is totally welcome if you start screaming laughing sobbing angry like i'm not taking any of that personally these are things to be released from your yoni that have been trapped inside that haven't had the space or the permission to be emoted to be spoken to be expressed and so if you orgasm great if you don't great like i'm i'm holding you i'm with you in this entire process and there's nothing wrong there's no bad like everything that comes up is beautiful and um so i've done several yoni pieces with myself as a receiver um, even just a couple of weeks ago, I did, um, I did some Yoni work and I, uh, and in that it was like the, the imprinting that I carried from my mother, you know, a lot of her belief systems and my mother died from pancreatic cancer. And I looked up in this book, um, about metaphysical, um, body elements or something like that, that a lot of the energetic and emotional markings that she had, I have, and that to me was a big wake up call that I'm one level away of manifesting potentially what she had and, and died from. But I have the opportunity, I have the consciousness, I have the choice that I can do the inner work in my emotional and energetic pieces to be free of that, to release that and to heal from that, that my mother didn't have access to. And so, you know, there's, um, so, for me, it was like shedding like these imprints and these belief systems and these pains that my mother had that I had taken on. I wanted her to be happy. I wanted her to feel better. Um, and that wasn't my need to take on. But, you know, 
you love, I love my mom. I want to do anything to take away her pain, especially when she was going through cancer. And so I literally took on energetically things that did not belong to me. And so where I'm in this state now where I'm finally like, I know I'm strong enough to take on others and, and that's not mine to carry, you know, and, and really, you know, releasing that. So I've been doing a lot of Yoni work, um, with other women to help move that those that debris out to clear out that space so that i'm in my own um uh, my own uh just health well-being in there and the other thing i was thinking about for women who want to become pregnant and want to have babies you know they i think about how they've been taught well eat supplements and meditate and do yoga and you'll have you know and, and do those things to have a healthy baby but what are you doing to clear your womb to make sure that you're not passing on the imprints from your mother and for you and all the things that have happened in your life through your sexual history and you know those are going to be passed could be passed on to your children so what kind of health are you doing for yourself to free your kids so that they're coming in without all that baggage. Um, that's a lot of my own personal journey right now and, and where my my journey, my direction is going. And even today I was doing um, Yoni work on myself and, and using a glass wand to go inside and go into these deeper places. I felt pain and to breathe with it and hold it and bring presence and awareness to it so that it can be free. Um, you know, and it, it starts in there for me. It's, it's interesting, too. I think um, the messaging that we get not only from family members and religion and advertising and things we consume visually and orally, um, also subconsciously how they shift our bodies immensely. Yeah. You know, the mm -hmm. mind is powerful in what it can manifest. So I can see that that clearing being really beneficial. So what happens if the messaging is from your church and sex oh, yeah. is wrong or bad? Or what is the messaging from film and television? If a woman is in her sexual power, she's a slut. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff is, is taken on. Whether or not we realize it, we, we, we absorb it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I could see how that would certainly work to help release yeah, it, it is, starts with ourselves. And, and I do have to say, I've, I've done a lot of um, personal work, um, again, for like two years studying to be a certified sex, love and relationship coach. That's a lot of time with your body. And, um, and what's been really powerful for me personally has been stepping into psychedelics and plant medicine and utilizing that as access points for me to get a very direct um, portal to those deeper places that are just, you know, we have so many, I have had so many veils and filters and boundaries and walls and, you know, da, 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 to like work through that, that utilizing the, the power of the medicine that, that pulls down those walls so that I can go in and do the deeper work has for me been extremely transformative so I've, I've found tremendous transformation in the taboo which has been in these temple arts which has been in these um, plant medicine and, and psychedelics and things and but so committed like i'm doing it for myself first to, to really you know ensure that and then being in a co-creative um space with others who are committed to this path of of liberation of awakening and i really believe that it's awakening our wombs as women that uh, we will reclaim how this earth was meant to be, but it, it starts with, with us. 
when you do uh, therapies, the sexual therapy with couples, for example, does that entail you you becoming part of the sexual unit, or is it something where it's more like talk therapy and you? How does that come to be? Yeah, so <laughs> there's a whole spectrum of it, right? So it comes down to the comfort level of the couple, and it comes down to availability. So there's just you know certain factors. Uh, for me, what has been some of the most profound experiences has been for me acting as a guide. So being there in person with them, helping guide them how to touch and respond to one another, how to connect, how to communicate, how to breathe, how to re-engage in themselves in a deeper connection than most of them have experienced in in their entire marriage um, and really slowing things down, taking it back down to basics. And one of my favorite experiences was um, this couple that was very um, open-minded and wanted to learn how to do, uh, how to experience BDSM in the bedroom or kink in the bedroom. And um, all that the wife had known about kink was through porn and was really, really out there. And so for me to guide them back from a sacred place of what it is to be a woman who understands her desire, what turns her on, and how to ask for it, how to play with it, how to honor and, and, and worship her partner and receive in kind. And and so really showing them a really gorgeous way of of tapping into something like again like sexuality so many people think that that good sex is what they see in porn and it's couldn't be further from the truth you know and it's actually in the the connecting points and in the tantric practices and weaving in the pieces of of kink where there's to me it's like that those are the safe places for exploration in different parts of ourselves so we can hold each other in consent in agreement with appropriate boundaries with understanding those things and and build the playground to have um, exploration in. So um, so for me, my favorite parts are actually when I'm able to be the guide in person with with the couples. Otherwise it's online or or the phone. Like I, you know, there's no there's no um, good, bad, better, worse. It's just more about how deep do you want to go, how much do you want to feel. And when I'm in that space, you know, also being able to do the energy work you know, in person with them, helping them move their blockages, guiding them to learn and how to listen into um, the respective yoni or the lingam and, and tune into that because each body is different. You know, each body responds differently to sensation in different ways. And we've been taught that like, well, if you twist here, lick here and, and tickle here, like they're going to orgasm or if you stroke this way or that way. Um, like I've been able to learn some amazing, amazing strokes that have been really cool to do. And it's such a gift to be able to share that, but also teach them how to listen into their particular lover and to treat it like, um, like it's just a totally new terrain, a new landscape and exploration because it is each person responds differently. Holy and sacred. Holy and sacred. Wow. That's beautiful. I find it fascinating that the, the sacred work of the tantric, for example, in, in much of the text that I've read about, you know, it's breathing. It's all about the breathing and that the the worshipfulness of being yeah. in each other's presence. The, the sacredness yeah. of the goddess, as we talked about. Uh, boy, is, people are really afraid of that, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are afraid of it. Um, I think that 
where we are right now in society and what we have the opportunity to is to really be able to expand and leaning into our curiosities and that there are enough people out there that are kind of waking up and being like, you know what, this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and so for me, even in my own personal life, um, I was so clinging to, I had this one guy and I wanted to give him my sex card, my happiness card, my fulfillment card. Like I wanted him to like have it all and I wanted all of it from him. And and what I was learning last week was um, Tony Robbins talks about the sex, six different needs that humans have. And, and to expect that one person is going to fulfill all of those needs or that you could fulfill all those needs for one person, you know, not only safety and security and love and belonging, but also adventure and contribution and growth. And, you know, like there's so many of those, that's a lot of pressure to put on one person. And in my esoteric studying and mystery school things I've been reading, we're moving into an Aquarian age of group love, meaning that there's like soul groups that are here together to all provide and share together our needs, our resources, our love, that it doesn't need to be left to this nuclear family of this one couple that's supposed to hold down the fort for, you know, all these generations or within the dynamic that, that, in the conversations I'm having and the things I'm picking up on more, there's being this um, crossing a threshold into, into being in tribes again, into sharing everything together, um, parenting and like I said, the resources and the caring and the, t- you know, helping out the whole organism that it is. And, um, and I've been so, uh, blocked in that and I was carrying this rock that I knew it didn't fit anymore like this old paradigm of you know it's monogamy and you know if you're not happy with who you're with well you either suffer through it you cheat or you break up and that was a paradigm and that's what I was surrounded by in all the relationships I had growing up very very few couples were happy and I think part of that is because there's unspoken desires there's unmet needs there's an inability to connect and communicate in truly heart-centered ways. And and it's a, it's a, it's a failing model. And so now you're seeing more single people who don't want to get married and they don't want to have kids because they don't want to continue carrying on a world that they themselves grew up in. And so there's this opening now that I'm I'm witnessing and I'm I'm stepping into myself of what is it like to have different light different ways of relating and intimacy levels and different experiences with connected people in consensual agreements. Um, not saying you're having sex with all these people at one time, and maybe you are and that's okay, but maybe there's different levels of, of intimate connection of relating of um, communication and consciousness. So I, I feel very, very blessed and also what an opportunity to break through these these barriers and so uh, I feel like the the sexuality realm is really um, blossoming and there are a lot of people who are very very committed to helping people do it in a way that feels safe that feels good um, and that's expansive because you know Midori uh, once said that um, you know it's learning through kink kink is kind of like our last adult playground you know we can step in and play these roles that we can't do otherwise and we give each other permission and consent um to explore and and have fun and um i think ultimately there's like this return to innocence 
the return to, to true curiosity and play from a place of love, of, um, of enjoyment, of pleasure, of joy. And, you know, when we were kids, before we were told it was bad and wrong to do X, Y, and Z, like, can we return to that state again? Um, and so I am releasing the shame and the guilt and the trauma and the hurt and the pain and the abuse. And that, that takes time. That's not a, a one and done journey or womb work or lingam, you know, session, you know, that takes um, some commitment. And I know that it's possible because I'm experiencing it in myself. I'm experiencing it in my um, collective, in my groups, in my friends, and the people that I um, connect with, with my clients. And um, to see the possibility of also manifestation. And that's really exciting. You know, it's like, yeah, you can manifest by having a vision board and affirmations or, hey, have you tried doing um, manifesting through sex magic? Now, doesn't that sound like a really fun way to like call in what it is that you desire, what you want to create and what you want to see in the world? It's a it's a liberation piece that um, I'm stepping more and more into and and offering that for people who are ready to be free. They're ready to awaken. They're ready to own their pleasure. They're ready to to dance in that and do it with other like-minded and, and heart-connected people. I wonder what would happen on the planet if everyone orgasmed at the same time. Mm. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot, of, would be, a lot of beauty would happen. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a brave new world. And the braver our hearts and you know the, the other thing too is returning back to our bodies you know that's where the answers are that's where the truth is that's where the healing is that's where the connection to the divine is that's where the connection to the higher self is and what we experience in our bodies with another person is still in our body it's still our experience so there's many of us and myself included if i had this erratic ex- ecstatic erotic experience with another being i'm like oh look at what this person brought to me it's like no, that was me. That was my body having the experience, and they happen to be um, an access point for me to experience deeper levels of, of pleasure, of happiness. And so, the more that we can return to our sovereignty of, you know, I am, I can bring myself pleasure, and and I do deserve that kind of love, and and I can create safety in myself, and it's not going to come from another person. It will start with me. Um, and again, that takes that takes time. That's not a a one week of meditation that, you know, because I've, I've tried that and, you know, it's taken me a while, but it's the, the commitment to practice and play. If you make it play, I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to play. I'm going to play today. I'm going to be curious. Um, like earlier today, I decided I was going to try to see if I, how much of my hand I could fit inside my yoni so that I could feel all the places inside of her, which is awesome and hysterical as I'm trying to find the right position with my legs and which way in the air and my body tipped which way or whatever. But, you know, is that bad and wrong, you know, to want to connect to the place inside myself that is the source of manifestation, that is the portal to God, you know, and the divine. Is, is it, you know, how beautiful is that, that I want to explore and understand and communicate and connect with these vital pieces of me that of course the institutions have told us are bad and wrong and that we shouldn't touch ourselves and we shouldn't touch others and we should wait. Of course they're going to tell us that because what's going to happen if you connect to yourself and you can connect to the divine through yourself and through sacredness and through sexuality. And it's not by going to church and listening to hymns. It's about actually experiencing the vibration of, of the, of the life force itself in our own bodies. And suddenly we're free.
Yeah. Amen to that, sister. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen and aho. (laughs) If you would send me a list of any kind of book or reference material, I have uh, my listeners know that I do a links page and every episode gets its own curated section. And I think it would be really wonderful to have books that you recommend or uh, resources that you recommend that they can uh, reference in the links. If you would do that, send that to me. Absolutely. hundred percent. And I, I am curious, the word shaman, as you said, it, yeah. it was founded in the feminine. Um, what is it? How does one, uh, I'm trying to think how to ask this. When I think of the word shaman, I think of a very ancient existence. Um, and I think of, you know, the, the crone and the, the, you know, and, uh, you know, the old man and all this stuff. And how does one, you're obviously young and vibrant and alive and one thinks of a shaman as being 4,000 years old. So how, how does one become a shaman? Well, actually, we are all shaman because we were all birthed out of nothing. And we went through a portal and came through a journey and arrived transformed. Like we we all came through as shaman onto this earth and we have connections. We, we are connected to the consciousness, to the void, to the to all that is. And we, we all have access to that. It's just there's some people who they've made it their life. They've gone through initiations upon initiations. And, and I by no means am comparing myself to any other facilitator, shaman, medicine person, period. I'm not. What I'm, what I'm interested in is actually pulling in to my gnosis, my innate inherited lineage that I've had for thousands of years, many, many, many lifetimes I have spent as a priestess, as a medicine woman, as a healer. And so for me, like these have been the doorways to unlock the innate inherited gifts and abilities that are mine and how I show up and share that in the world. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different cultures, a lot of different beliefs, a lot of different sacred journeys and initiations and, and, you know, go with what works for you, go with what resonates with you, go to what, you know, what you feel called to go and to explore. For me, my desire is to bring the divine feminine to, to represent her, to, to be, um, to be an embodiment of her also tapping the divine masculine, of course, but, but we could all use a really big infusion of that really gorgeous embodied sacred feminine. And that's where I'm, I'm committing myself. That is who I've devoted myself to. And, um, and that's what I, I claim to bring to men and women. I love the idea that we are born of, and they in turn were born of, and it goes all the way back as well. So not only is the lineage out here in the realms, but also it's ancestral. It's in our bloodstream. It's in our DNA. I am my great, 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 great blank. I love that idea. Again, that's the that snake in and of itself, you know? Yeah, we have, you know, there's, and I, and this might be a little too woo, but, you know, uh, 
you know, there was a time where this whole world was magic, literally magic. It was mystical. There were the wizards and the sorcerers and incredible things. And, and as they were being persecuted, my belief is we had to internalize our knowledge, our gnosis, our gifts. We had to hide it within ourselves to carry it forth in our generations to come. Like, and so to me, I, I believe that we can unlock these codes that are in ourselves. And that's why I think like, if you have a desire to go explore this random thing, like, well, why would I even be interested in that? That doesn't make any sense to me. I've had no access to that. Maybe that's a signal and a sign potentially that in your lineage you have these huge superpowers that you don't even know are there because they've been hidden away to protect the sanctity of it until it was time to awaken and arise again so that's um you know that's a i mean why not plan that possibility why not think that like maybe just maybe each of us have tremendous superpowers that our ancestors carried with them and died with them to make sure we could bring them back onto the earth when it was time, when it was time to wake up and when people were ready to own their power. I love it. So we are the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. We are our own inception. Uh, you know, I, I think yeah. these, a lot of these movies play on these really deep metaphysical, philosophical ideas, which I love because I, I think it, it tickles the bone of the brain that, and opens those portals yeah inception was a game-changing movie for me that was a really big big game-changer movie for me to watch um so yeah i we create our reality we do and everything that we see is a reflection and and we can shift it and we can change again like it's always available to us absolutely how might people find you if they would Mm. like to do some of this work yeah, thank you. So I have a website that I am putting up together. It will be called um, thesexymystic.com. Um, and I do have an email address, um, you know, connect at thesexymystic.com. And I'm so committed. I care so, so much about helping people wake up to their full vibrance and to come alive in all of the ways and for them to know that there's you know you know there's someone that they can trust uh to guide them and hold them with so much love and honor and appreciation and reverence uh and i am in the process of uh, creating a podcast um so that will be up uh soon and yeah just there's again if if we think about all the things that have been made illegal, there's probably a good reason because our transformation, our sovereignty, our liberation, us being able to connect to things greater than ourselves is, um, you know, puts puts the, the powers, uh, you know, makes them nervous to have mm-hmm. a bunch of people suddenly thinking and feeling and being alive and radiant and, you know, expressing their fullness and showing up in their, their channel of their highest good well, and highest vision. Very scary and, for people that want to control. It's a very yes. terrifying thing to face someone that has full dominion over themselves. Yes. Yeah, for sure. What is going to be the name of the, the podcast? Uh... I believe right now it might change, but uh, I like the thought of come with me. (laughs) 
lovely. Nice pun. It's good. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all going to be very tongue in cheek. So my my opportunity and gift uh, and challenge is, you know, how can I help share the good word of how our juiciness and get people switched on and turned on and feeling super alive and exploring all these, you know, yummy places and spaces that, that is safe to go and, you know, come with me. Let's go there. Yeah. What is a, a good practice that you might impart on the, the listeners uh, of either uh, gender of any sexuality uh, yeah. that they may take with them after listening to you talking about it all? Yeah, I mean, there's there's two things really. One is really paying attention to the sensation in your body. So so many of us, and I am a big 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 person with this too, like getting really stuck in our heads and stuck in our thoughts and our emotions and swirling and and thinking that those things control us, which is not true. We are not those things. We're not those thoughts. We're not those emotions. Um, so one of the biggest gifts that I've learned is, um, and actually from ISTA is breath, sound and movement. So even just taking three breaths, so breathing really big first into your heart and then exhaling it out and then breathing into your belly and then sound and movement and then breathing into the base, breathing into our base and exhaling out. <sighs> and that helps bring us back into our bodies, back into the presence of us. And that we can access at any time. If you find yourself holding your breath, you're literally stopping life. And so much of what we're trying to do is have the flow of life move through us, our life force through us, the erotic energy through us. Um, another big awesome thing that I've been working on diligently um, or committing to I should say devoting myself to um, exploration within my own um, for me through my yoni through my womb my pussy and it's not so much about self-pleasure but I have like this amazing uh, glass wand that um, my uh my, the guy that I'm, the man I'm dating makes, uh, he's an amazing glass blower, uh, that I use to like press into these different pieces and parts within myself to find where there's things that are stagnant and need to be released. And I, I hold and I bring presence. I think the biggest thing we can do is bring presence to our sexuality, our sexual organs. So for those that come in with a uh, that have cocks, you know, to even just holding your hands over your cock and breathing down into it and bringing presence, noticing the sensations that are there, having communication with it, learning how to to let your cock guide you rather than your mind telling you what to do, and trusting how your cock wants to be um, held touched stroked and making that a practice a daily practice within themselves to bring presence awareness consciousness and communication and connection to that and then for those who come in with pussies and yonis and all that yumminess um same thing to ask permission ask your body permission if if it wants to be touched 
Does the does the pussy want to feel something? Is it enough just to have a finger at the entrance and hold it there and let her know that you're not going to violate her, even if your mind wants to go inside, that you're going to wait until she says yes? So much of our culture has been violation even of ourselves. We're touching ourselves because we want to feel something. But to actually slow down and breathe and bring presence and reverence to these temples and these wands of light these sacred objects of our bodies that are our connections to our highest divinity and to hold our our presence there and then be allowed invited inward and then you know to feel around and explore and hold and breathe and make it just this practice of of love of self-love uh those are a couple of gifts I'd, I'd love to to leave people with. That's so much of the practice that I did. And there were there was um, two weeks that I went through really uh, devoting myself to that practice. And by the end of the two weeks, um, my body was vibrating. I was going through an energetic ascension process because it was vibrating so much. And I had a totally mystical experience that night that was unlike anything I've had, I wasn't on any kind of altered medicine, plant medicine, nothing. I was completely clear and to feel the vibration in my body and and knowing that I was accessing something so profound that we all have access to, it was um, life-changing. So that's what it's available to to all of you. And and I'm so committed to helping anybody who, who wants to come home to themselves yeah. I love that. It's beautiful. You reminded me of a, a lover I had once, and we had gone to, to bed, and we were we were lying in bed, and he put his hand between my legs, but he didn't do anything. He just held it there. Yeah. And at first I thought, well, that's weird. I wonder why he's not doing anything. And, and then I let go of that thought, let it float by. And I just felt the sensation of being held like that. And he wasn't, and and I said to him, I said, how come you're not, I asked him, I said, how come you're not, you know, messing around or whatever. And he said, I just wanted to hold you. And it was a really beautiful, you brought up that memory. It was really beautiful and I felt so safe. And it was, it was very interesting. It was a very interesting experience. And then I was thinking that a lot of times, you know, we self-soothe, you, the, the joke of like the man with his hands on his pants while he's watching TV or, you know, grabbing your own butt or something like There's like, these moments of self-soothing that we do where we touch our bodies, maybe in our, in our erogenous zones, but we're not doing it to be sexy. It's, it's almost, it's a connection. It's a, you're making me think of that as a, um, like the, what is it? The, what is it called? The, it starts with an O, it's the snake. The um, oh, uh, Uberos. Uh, snake eating uh, its own Uberos, tail. Yeah. That thing mm-hmm. of where we're vibrating up, we're vibrating down, and we you know all that energy is going everywhere. And when we do these things where we kind of reconnect to ourselves, that it creates this nice circular pattern. Uh, I'm yeah. just sort of yeah. I'm spitballing here, but this is what it's making me yeah. think of. You know, 
Yeah, there's the microcosmic orbit, which is a Taoist practice, and it's breath work, and it's move circulating our, our sacred energy through our bodies, and and then there's a way through tantra where you're connecting with your other partner, and you're you're moving that energy too, and and you know, so there's so much, there's so much juiciness, um, you know, if we're just willing to be open, that's the biggest thing. Like I was, trust me, I was the one of the most closed down, shut down, judgmental people ever. And so for me to be on the other side of that and all the worlds have opened up and the most gorgeous people that have stepped in and the level of consciousness and connection that is possible, it is absolutely possible. You do not have to be afraid. Just be willing to trust and have an open mind and heart. And there are those angels that will guide you through all those places. I love that. Aaliyah Rose, this has been my honor. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's really it's it's wonderful work i think and the more of people like you in the world i think it will be very helpful such an honor such a joy to be on your show oh i'm just so happy thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you to the listeners who stayed yes oh i'm sure everybody stayed thank you for listening everyone (laughs) bye rate and review hey human on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Bye.